Stand by, Stand by for, for the, the knock. knock. This is The Knock with Dan McGrath and Nick Goodman. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Knock. This is your monthly roundup of everything mobile from Microsoft, coming at you direct from the homepage of knockknock.tv. I'm Dan McGrath and on this month's programme, we get friendly with Cortana and talk to Marcus Ash, one of the key members of the Cortana team at Microsoft. Gaming comes of age on your Lumia. We look at the best games that are out there right now. We've got more on our A to Z guide, plus if you're looking for a new Lumia, we'll give you some suggestions on which one is right for you. That's all to come right here on The Knock, but first up, the news. This is The Knock. As you may have heard, the ongoing integration of Nokia devices into Microsoft sees Microsoft Lumia as the new brand name that takes the place of Nokia. Microsoft Lumia is also slowly starting to roll out on Facebook, Twitter and other social media accounts as part of the rebranding over the next few weeks. Tula Riktila, Senior Vice President of Marketing for Phones at Microsoft, said... Microsoft was founded with the vision of putting a computer in every home and on every desk. With Lumia phones, Microsoft delivers the power of everyday mobile technology to everyone. We've introduced innovations such as advanced camera features, wireless charging with industry-leading design. All of that will continue. Microsoft remains committed to bringing amazing Lumia experiences with a strong portfolio of phones that offers something for everyone. Plus, Lumia is now part of a compelling family of Microsoft products like Xbox, Windows and Surface, along with a range of services such as Skype, Office and Bing. But fans of brand Nokia, don't forget, Nokia still exists as a separate company without its phone business. And the Finnish firm now focuses on mapping and network infrastructure. Now, as you may guess, battery life is consistently voted as one of the most important features when upgrading a phone. And now Nokia Networks believes it has made a significant breakthrough, boosting battery life by up to 49%. These results were seen during a live trial of a software known as High Speed Cell FAC on a 3G network. High Speed Cell FAC is designed to handle these small data packets more efficiently than other software. This makes apps run faster and also means they use less energy over the course of a day, for example. The technology additionally means operators can boost the speed and quality of their services and support a higher number of phones on their networks. According to recent Nokia tests, the 3G software boosts speeds and network response times by up to 65% and leads to up to 20% faster browsing. Users also saw power savings of up to 49%, which meant their battery life lasted almost twice as long, depending on which applications were being used. So even longer battery life may be just around the corner. And that's the news this month. This is The Knock. Hello, good morning. Uh, thanks for applying for the position of my personal assistant. Uh, and your name is? Cortana is my name. OK, uh, why should I give you the job of my personal assistant? I can remind you to do things when you talk to people. In short, I try to make things easier to do on your phone. Perfect, you're hired. Uh, how about you go and run and get me a cup of tea? You know, one sugar. I know you know this, but I'm saying it anyway. I'm in a phone. Okay, I'm probably not doing it justice here. Cortana, if you don't know, is Microsoft's virtual personal assistant, currently in beta on selected devices running Windows Phone 8.1. And at the recent Social Media Week in London, Nick and I caught up with Marcus Ash, Group Program Manager for the PC Phone and Tablet Division at Microsoft. 
Marcus has over 15 years of experience in this sphere and has led the design teams across Microsoft to bring Cortana to life. It's interesting, on the first slide, you said you were going to be talking not about artificial intelligence, but assistive intelligence. Uh, tell, us, tell us what that is and how does it move forward from what we know as AI? So I think AI has this interesting, rich history of fits and starts, a very complex set of technologies. Like I said, probably one of the most romanticized technologies if you look at science fiction literature, if you look at movies. So what we thought about early on in Cortana was this idea of if you could take a human and all the things that the human struggles with and couple that with assistance provided by services and devices, you could create a superhuman. We talked about this idea. Wouldn't it be great if everyone had superhuman memory? You don't ever have to forget anything because Cortana's there and she remembers everything for you. The restaurants you went to when you are in London, the hotels you stayed in and make an assistant. Make something that's with you and helps you get better. So when you were starting the uh, the program and developing it, they, they had kind of three aims, I think. One of the first of those was, was personal. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so personal rose to the top for us because of the heritage of Windows Phone. Our tagline, we didn't build a phone or an operating system for everybody, we built one for you. So when we thought about Cortana, the idea that she was the most personal personal assistant stuck right away. If the assistant doesn't really know you at a very deep level, what you care about, who you care about, where you spend your time, she's just not going to be very good at her job. So really building that personal connection was the first principle we talked about. Uh, and also an assistant that looks out for you. This is somebody who uh, has got your back kind of thing. That's right. So the idea that she stays one step ahead, she analyzes patterns and she does things for you that you wouldn't normally think to do ahead of time. Like the simple example of traffic is the one that's used quite a bit. The idea that she knows that something's going on in downtown Seattle and she can tell me to leave early without me having to get my phone out and keep checking the traffic. We think there's gonna be many more of scenarios like that to come, but she's always trying to stay one step ahead and bring information to you before you even think you need it. Uh, and one of the, the third kind of objectives was that it had to be delightfully easy to use. So that ease of use is a really important thing for Katana, yeah? Yes, yeah, so the ease of use is ranked number three just in terms of the priority that we set. But if you don't have a system that people can understand right out of the gate, when you take natural language and machine learning and inferencing and sensing and privacy and policy and you try to put all that together, it has to be so easy to use that someone just feels like it's a very natural thing to do. So that's why we started with Take Search, a very easy, well-established thing that people know how to use and are very effective at using, and layer an experience on top of that. Uh, I noticed as well you used the phrase that Cortana has a, uh, or it's important for Cortana to have a fun and engaging personality. Yeah, so this was probably the most interesting lesson we learned. So we looked at a bunch of data. We looked at data, current voice assistants, and we found this interesting trend. People talk to their phones a lot about things that we wouldn't think they would when we initially envisioned Cortana. We thought it would be all about business, but we found there were a lot of people that were asking other questions. Tell me a joke, um, do an impersonation, do you love me? 
So we... you, you keep a, you keep a track of all the questions that uh, that people ask Cortana. So what what's one of the strangest questions that people have asked Cortana? <laughs> <laughs> and are, are you allowed to say it? I'm not sure I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> there are interesting questions related to. Uh, yeah, people ask Cortana all kinds of things where they, I guess, really envision her to be a human. Uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. It's, it's, I think I think we know what you're saying. It's intimate stuff, yeah? Like intimate stuff. Dan, Dan's got a few questions about the future. Yeah, a couple of years ago we were at Social Media Week and uh, frictionless sharing was a big, big thing. And I guess that, I mean, you know, AI has been around for a long time now, as you quite rightly say, you know. The present now is Cortana. Uh, I, I guess, but of course, you guys are going to be looking to the future. So, you know, what is the future? What are the what are the exciting nuggets that we can expect? Yeah. So, I think we we're really focused on a few things. One is we feel like we're on to something with Cortana. The idea that everyone will have a personal assistant tuned to their interests and can help solve problems for them. We think that's the right long-term vision. Now we've got to get more data into that system. And the you know, sources we look at all the time, tell us more about you, we'll get smarter. But we look at apps and services as the natural integration point. So we already have a model where applications can register and say, hey, Cortana, I support certain actions. We think that's a great model for tell Cortana to do a task. She knows an app can do it. She'll go get the task done through that app. But we want to finish that feedback loop. We want her to suggest apps that you might not know about that can help you complete tasks. So I think the idea of really focusing on Arguably the most personal content you have is content that is in a lot of these different applications and services. Bridging that gap with Cortana. Do you think there'll be a time where my Cortana will talk to yours or my wife's or my business partners? Is that, you know, you know what I mean? Definitely. So we talk about that scenario a lot too. Uh, the idea that I could say, hey Cortana, remind my wife to pick up something from the store and vice versa. She could tell me, her Cortana, remind me to do something, but the idea, yeah, you've got to be careful with that. <laughs> you yeah. arms raised really quickly. Uh, but the idea that Cortana can now interact with other people on your behalf soon, interact with other agents, maybe other instances of herself uh, on your behalf, we think is definitely the future because that's the way that things can get done. If you think about something like scheduling a meeting, like what has to happen between people scheduling a meeting, there's no reason we couldn't automate that between two Cortanas figuring out, well, when am I busy? When are you busy? When's an appropriate time for us to meet? Where should we meet? These are the types of things that we think these assistants are going to be geared to go off and do in the next few years. Uh, one of the uh, kind of areas that that, uh, that we, uh, as, a, as an audio-based program, obviously uh, find ourselves in uh, helping people is uh, the blind and partially sighted. So, you know, something like Cortana is going to prove invaluable to people like that, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the promising thing that we're seeing is just the uptake and speech, just the idea that people are getting more comfortable asking relatively complex things to Cortana. Uh, we think bodes very well for the future of assistive technology, especially re related to you know, sight or hearing impaired. Microsoft has this rich legacy with accessibility technologies with Windows. Now we've got all this work that we're doing to make Cortana able to understand your intent and making speech something that really becomes a first-class input, you know, versus arguably in the past more of a gimmick. You'd kind of use it, but it didn't really work that well, so you never really stuck around with it unless you actually had a physical need to use it. Now we're trying to make it something that's so good and so pervasive that we rise the level 
of speech technology so that it can be used for more and more things. Okay, one last question. Uh, I was just thinking in there while you were talking, you know, if you said to somebody, I'm going to give you the money so that you can go and employ a personal assistant, a human personal assistant, they'll come and, you know, you, you maybe 2% would say no, but everyone would jump at the chance of somebody to help you out forevermore. What do you think it is about that, that people are worried about when you say it's your device that's going to do it? What is the thing? What, what are the kind of uh, you know the barriers that people put up when you say, "Hey, but your, your device can do it now for nothing"? That's a fantastic question. I think people are still generally skeptical of how good a device and artificial intelligence and all these technologies we've talked about for many, many years can be. So it's interesting. We just did a study about the future. Like in the next two years, now that Cortana's out there and we have enough usage data where we can start to predict what people would ask us for next, we told people about some of the new scenarios that we're thinking about and the overwhelming feedback we got is, I don't believe you. I don't think you can do that. So I think what has to happen is Microsoft and my team and a bunch of other teams that work on Cortana at Microsoft have to prove that we can do this. We have to make it so good and so believable that people incorporate in their daily lives and then we don't have to have that kind of skepticism anymore. But I think the skepticism is warranted until people really see it in action and try it for themselves and see how much time it saves, how much effort it saves me, how much more connected I feel, how much more time I think I can spend with other people versus having to do all the mundane things that Cortana now handles. That's what we're dead set on proving to people. Oh, we were just saying that maybe you've reinvented the wheel here because you've got a woman that has an answer for everything and we were already married to a couple, so... <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I think on that note, maybe we can leave it there. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. So, Cortana, I've just got to say I've um, quite enjoyed getting to know you, you know, spending a bit of time together, just you and me. There's definitely a spark between us. <laughs> yeah, OK. Anyway, um, cheers, Cortana. Anytime, Chief. See you later. This is The Knock with Dan McGrath and Nick Goodman. Well, thank you, Marcus. And Cortana, you were brilliant. It's fair to say that gaming has really come of age on Lumia and the ever-expanding Windows Phone store offers plenty of games for all ages and skill levels. From very simple and addictive apps to full-on multi-layered games with incredible storylines and amazing graphics, the availability of some big-name gaming franchises has also helped push gaming on your Lumia to a new level. So see if any of these whet your appetite. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Actually, it's here and now. It's Star Wars Commander for Windows Phone. It's a combat strategy game where you're the commander of your own force. You can build your own base, recruit an army, and challenge other players across the Star Wars universe. The graphics and sound are amazing. But if this is the game you are looking for, you'll need one gig of RAM on your device to play it. The experience is a fantastic one. Age of Empires Castle Siege for Windows Phone now is the latest Xbox-supported game and is available free from the Windows Phone store. Free, ladies and gentlemen! It's probably one of the best-known strategy games of all time and its transition to mobile has made it even more accessible for all. The idea is you build up an empire of your own by outsmarting attackers, earning achievements along the way and climbing the leaderboard. Over the ages, you'll research technology, live through famous battles, and recruit a variety of heroes to your side, including Richard the Lionheart and Joan of Arc, all on your mobile. It plays really well on a Windows phone with 512 mega RAM, and so if you have an entry-level Lumia, it will handle this game with no problems whatsoever. 
If you're a gamer like me, you will know that Halo is the top-selling science fiction first-person shooter video game franchise. The series centers on an interstellar war between humanity and a theocratic alliance of aliens known as the Covenant. The central focus of the franchise builds off the experiences of Master Chief John 117, one of a group of super soldiers codenamed Spartans, and his artificial intelligence companion Cortana. Now you know where the Cortana name comes from. Halo Spartan Strike is the latest game in the series, which will be available in December for Windows Phone. If you're already a fan of the Halo series, then Spartan Strike follows in the footsteps of Halo Spartan Assault, which was released in June last year. You'll need a Lumi with 512 mega RAM, so most of the phones will be able to handle it, and the gameplay for this one, like all the others in the series, is bound to be phenomenal. So there we have it, just a small taster of a few of the amazing games that are available right now for you, Lumia. Happy gaming and no camping. This is The Knock. Time for another in our A to Z guide of devices and we've reached M and M. No, not him, we've reached M and N. And M is for Microsoft. Since April 2014, when Microsoft finally purchased Nokia's devices and services division, the completion of that acquisition marked the first step in bringing the two organizations together as one team. And this month, we finally see the Microsoft name transition to the devices. So we can look forward to welcoming the first official Microsoft Lumia device soon, no doubt. Microsoft Lumia will, of course, showcase the best of Microsoft services such as Office, OneDrive, Skype and Bing. And we can expect a whole host of new innovations as we move forward. So as we say hello to Microsoft Lumia, that moves us seamlessly on to N. And if M is for Microsoft, then N is, of course, for Nokia. As we say goodbye to the Nokia name on mobile devices, let's take a moment to look back. Nokia's history dates back to 1865 when mining engineer Frederick Idestam set up his first wood pulp mill in southwestern Finland. The brand name was used in a variety of sectors, including welly boots, but Nokia first entered the telecommunications equipment market in 1960 when an electronics department was established at Finnish Cable Works to concentrate on the production of radio transmission equipment. The firm made its mobile phone debut in the 1980s with the, in inverted commas, transportable Mobira Cityman 900. Now, this was a handheld phone, but you needed pretty strong arms to hold it up to your ear for a while. And the rest, as they say, is history. So although we say farewell to the Nokia name on phones, don't panic, everyone. The devices, technology and ethos we know and love are living on in the Microsoft Lumia. And that's M and N done in our A to Z guide. This is The Knock. So there are some great deals to be had on a Lumia right now on the high street. Uh, if you're looking to upgrade or switch to Lumia, which one is best for you? Well, let's take two of the mid-range Lumias, the Lumia 735 and the Lumia 830. I've got my 735 here. It's a beautiful green. It's got Cortana on it. I'm loving it. Now, both these devices have hit the shops now. But which one is right for you? Let's start with that 735. It is a fantastic mid-range smartphone based around a 4.7-inch touchscreen display and running Windows Phone 8.1. 5-megapixel front-facing selfie camera is amazing, so if selfies are your thing right now, this is the device for you. On the back is a 6.7-megapixel camera with Zeiss Optics, improved Lumia camera and LED flash. It is a 4G LTE device and also comes with built-in wireless charging. 
When it comes to performance, there's a 1.2 gigahertz Snapdragon quad-core processor running your favorite Windows phone apps and games with ease, while the battery offers a great all-day action. And if we've excited you about Cortana on this episode, don't worry. As I have just said, the personal assistant herself is preloaded on this baby. It comes in a great range of Lumia colors, bright green, bright orange, dark gray, and white. The best SIM-free price that we could find was online from the Microsoft Store UK, where you can pick it up for £189. Or if you're desperate for the 735 and that exclusive blue, it's the most popular apparently. Carphone Warehouse are currently offering the UK's lowest deal, £14.50 per month on Vodafone. Meanwhile, the Lumi 830 is the new affordable flagship smartphone also running Windows Phone 8.1. It takes its look and feel from the more expensive Lumia 930, albeit a little bit slimmer but you'll find a 5-inch display backed with 10-megapixel pure-view camera. The 5-inch IPS LCD display uses curved Gorilla Glass 3 and has a resolution of 1280 by 720 pixels, which is nice and bright and tight. The back cover of the Lumia 830 comes off, allowing you to switch it out for different colors. However, more importantly, it allows you to add a micro SD card as well as slip the nano SIM card into the slot under the removable battery. It also has the 1.2 gigahertz Snapdragon quad-core processor and likewise has Cortana pre-installed. It comes in bright orange, bright green, white and black, and as for pricing, we found the best SIM-free deal online at mobilefund.co.uk for $299.99. So there we go, two fantastic and affordable Lumias, and as the famous TV show quote says, the choice is yours. This is The Knock. And finally, just time for us to squeeze in this story. While 93% of us in the UK own a mobile, it doesn't stop some bad phone behaviour. The seven most annoying mobile phone faux pas have been revealed in a survey. They include, at seven, the instant searcher. Someone who, the moment you start a conversation about anything, grabs their phone shouting, look, 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 there's a funny video about that here. At number six, there's the novelty ringtone lover. Speaks for itself. At five, the withheld numberer. Hiding your number from anybody you already know is a bit pointless in this day and age, isn't it? We have the map obsessive at four, someone who wanders around the streets staring at their phone following the map. Usually see them in a dead end or standing in a river. At three, we all love the trying to talk in a tunneler. I'm going into a tunnel, so I'll probably lose connection. Hello? Hello, can you still hear me? No, they can't. At two, hands up if you're a restaurant insulter. You go out for a meal with someone only to check your phone every five minutes. If you don't know somebody like this, then it's you. And finally, number one, the pocket dialer. You know, you answer the phone, there's silence, footsteps, muffled voices, shuffling sounds, and who hasn't listened to the whole six minutes in case they say something juicy about someone you know? Maybe you. There is a lock button, by the way. And on that note, we're off to pocket dial someone from a tunnel. Don't forget you can email us anytime if there's something you want to talk to us about. Feedback at thenock.co.uk and, of course, find us on Twitter at thenockuk. See you next time. The Knock is produced by Bounce for knockknock.tv. 